Alaska's newsmakers. Action Line K-I-N-Y. Very, very blizzardy, blustery day. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me in the studio, I have Frank Bertram and Don Haberger from the First Things First Alaska Foundation. However, before we get started, I do have a bit of information to give out there, which is that due to the blizzard weather outside, all CBJ downtown and Douglas offices and facilities will be closing at 11. So if you need to do anything in downtown or Douglas, I would do it now. Now, now that I have said that, how are you both doing today on this very fun driving day? It's a white day out there, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. It is white, but besides that, we're doing great. You know, we, we always got to make do with what we can. I'm sure everyone's getting their tires changed, so I'm going to wait to do that for a couple of days because I know I'm not getting to do that today. <laughs> well, if you do it today, you're just going to have to get in line. Yeah, and that would take a while, so I'd rather not, I feel like, in that regard. Now, that we do have a couple of topics to hit today. I think the first one I want to hit with you all, well, you all, like there's more than two of you, is tourism. So where would you like to start with that? Well, very good. Um, Thank you, Jordan. But the first thing I'd like to do is just remind the audience uh, about the First Things First Alaska Foundation. And our purpose, really, as a foundation is to focus on a strong economy through responsible economic development and natural resource management in Southeast Alaska. So we look at uh, mining, um, transportation, and a number of things, including uh, tourism. And we just uh, believe that tourism is one of our, our strong uh, industries, and therefore we support it. In that, uh, we kind of wanted to jump off on a few things about tourism. And uh, one of the things that, that recently transpired at the Committee of the Whole is they took a kind of a, a thumbs uh, up, down, sideways approach uh, to how to manage tourism. And that vote was pretty interesting in that uh, there were six thumbs down, control, um, and there were three thumbs sideways. But there were no thumbs up um, in this. And so we just kind of wanted to take on tourism and talk about its growth and probably put that in the context of a project that that one of our local businesses uh, is looking at and how can we support that so that's the first things first perspective of tourism okay and i think tourism is always going to be i would say a some a semi-loaded question when it comes to you know southeast alaska's obviously tourism and its economic impacts are quite significant but also you have folks who then become concerned with the potential environmental impacts and you have you know social con I say social, uh, like good congestions of people. So then you, you have locals who then begin to resent tourism. And so it always kind of raises the question of where do you find the balancing act? Well, and what we at uh, First Things First really want to do is balance that economy. We, got, we want jobs. We need to have uh, jobs to employ people, have kids come up, get jobs, and stay here and raise their families here and have a, uh, a vibrant and supportable and maintainable uh, ongoing community here. So tourism is a major part of that mix. And so we seriously need to look for um, uh, solutions to anybody's particular problem. Now, now that's a broad thing to say, but uh, I think uh, there, there's going to be solutions to everything. In the terms of um, tourism, we have the 
TMBP, if I got that uh, acronym right there, the Tourism Best Management Practices, and I know that uh, a lot of the cruise uh, industry have been using that program to mitigate their impacts here in Juneau. So it's through things like that, the ability to mitigate impacts, because everything has an impact, there's no question about it, but it's how we mitigate those impacts that uh, really makes everything livable for the vast majority of people. Definitely. And so from the sentiment you, you want to balance it, what approach would you say that the city should take? Because you seem concerned that nobody did a thumbs up with that, get that committee of the whole meeting. Well, I th yeah, I'm going to uh, th thank you, Jordan, for that, first of all. And uh, I think that uh, controlled growth, I don't even want to say that. I, I want to say that giving opportunity uh, for the industry to manage uh, growth. And one of the things that is a concern, particularly in, a, in that vote, is that are we uh, going to say uh, no more, limit growth, uh, at the detriment of business growth? And that is a big concern. For example, um, we all know that, that there is a discussion over the Huna Totem uh, project. And the trigger or the lever that the CBJ has, of course, is the uh, is this, is submarine uh, uh, lease, uh, a tideland uh, lease. And so, are they going to pull that trigger and say you cannot build that project simply because we don't want to address how to manage growth as a robust community discussion? That would be a very cons uh, big concern because, again, as Frank said, the loss of jobs. Um, so is there a better way uh, to, to both mitigate, uh, um, spread out congestion? That might be a reasonable answer. Spreading out the waterfront, not trying to cram them down into you know, that smaller crescent uh, downtown. So that might be a great way to address that issue. Uh, spread out the, the load. Um, and we have all know that Eagle Crest is trying to develop their uh, property up there. All of those things can help mitigate uh, some of that congestion issue. But we have to be willing to address those questions as a community. You know, and uh, Don's talking about mitigation there. And really, if you look at the Huna Totem Project, it is mitigation. Because what would otherwise be moored out boats in the bay and inefficiencies associated with that, by having a dock and all those boats come into a dock, it can speed things up, make things tidier, make things more efficient, less energy consumed, so on and so forth. Uh, those docks are intended to be perpendicular to the shore, so the pointy end of the boat sticks into the bank instead of the side of the boat and take up far less waterfront that way. So, you know, really the project is, in a way, largely a mitigation of the current situation. Okay. So one of the big things, themes I'm kind of picking up on here is obviously finding a way to do those mitigations, but making sure that we continue to see that, see, continue to see growth and not have that sort of be hampered. And I want to talk more on that, like maybe give us examples of some of the, the larger benefits that we could see with continued growth in that, that in, within the tourism industry and the tourism market. Well, first things, um, Jordan, is are we growing? Uh, for the last several years, Juno's been shrinking. And that, uh, really, there's no such thing as standing still when it comes to an economy. You're either advancing or you're receding. Standing still is, is just 
that's the flux between one and the other. So a little bit of growth is best for everybody because it creates opportunity for new people coming in, your kids to get a job rather than having to move down south and do whatever. So uh, we like to see a, a vibrant, growing uh, community and not see what we're seeing right now, which is more of a shrinking community. And opportunity comes from where opportunity comes. One thing, um, government jobs have been evaporating. All those great, high-paying state employment jobs are, uh, you know, we've lost hundreds of those over the last few years. And we need to do something to continue to employ people. Tourism is a logical solution. Case in point is the new tram up at Eagle Crest. Now, the city itself is anticipating more tourists and taking them up to that facility which is remote from downtown. So you get on the boat and you get off the boat, and you get on a bus and you go up to Eagle Crest and you enjoy the beautiful views up there and the ride on the tram. Great idea, but the whole point is you're going to grow the uh, uh, tourist industry in order to do that. So if on one hand you're saying we want to do this new thing at Eagle Crest and, and bring more people in, but on the other hand we don't want to have a dock so the boat can tie up, eh, it's, it's counterproductive. Another point to that, Jordan, that I kind of wanted to point out is uh, JEDC uh, recently uh, put out their 2003 economic report and outlook. Um, and one of the things that caught my attention in that report is that the, I want to say, 20 to 39 age group has been in decline. And so if we are looking at... Um, Okay, the radio audience can't see this, but uh, I'm going to do it this way. Uh, if the radio audience could see Frank and I sitting here, they would know that we're on the baby boomer side of the, of, uh, the spectrum. Um, if the radio audience could see you, Jordan, they would know that you're in that uh, 20 to 39 age group. Um, we need more of you kind of folk in this community. Replace us folk. Uh, because you are the economic uh, engine, and we need to provide opportunity for them. So that's the point of, of this and why tourism is such a, um, a great industry for us. Um, Barnacles, for example, I believe that's their name, but uh, an entrepreneur, um, I believe uh, uh, young individuals thought about uh, taking kelp and turning it into uh, uh, you know, salsa and whatnot, and they've grown a great business. Why not give folks like that more opportunity in this community? That's what we're after. It definitely raises a good question. Now, we do have to move into the break. When we come back, we can talk more on that as well as go a bit more in depth about that Juno Economic Development Council report. You are listening to Action Line on KINY. And we are back with more Action Line on KINY. Joining me still, I have Frank Bergstrom and Don Haver from the First Things First Alaska Foundation. Now, during the first half of the show, we spent a good chunk of time talking really about tourism and some of the things with the community as a whole. But I want to sort of turn our focus now towards that Juno Economic Development Council report and some of the big things that came out of that and maybe some of the conversation that needs to be had there. So where do you want to start with that? Because I've seen bits of the report. I haven't had a chance to read it in full, though. Well, neither have we, so um, it will be a fairly short conversation, I guess. One thing I did want to add from the um, <clears throat> before the break here was that uh, on tourism, an important point to think about is that everything from the shore side in, from our side, you know, not the water side 
of big boats coming in, but everything from the short side in is all local, small business, entrepreneurs, and those are the folks that we are really focusing on here. We're not going to see a lot of um, big corporate jobs coming to Juneau, you know, where there's 20, 30 people working for the same outfit. Um, These are small uh, mom and pop um, operations uh, doing whale watching or um, uh, charter fishing or taking people to the glacier or so on and so forth. And uh, those shoreside uh, excursions is where that uh, tourism industry really affects us here. And as Don pointed out, making local products from whether it be uh, skunk cabbage or, (laughs) you know, whatever it could be, devil's club. Uh, making relish with, and selling that to, to people looking for a different flavor there to life. Uh, it, it, we need that influx of people as customers. So the cruise ships are bringing customers here to consume the goods and services provided by our local entrepreneurs. That's just a good point to make to me. Uh, I agree with you that that is quite a good point to make, though then that raises to me how do you push that that local angle a bit more because obviously when you go down there, we do see all those local businesses and then you see the ones that, you know, come into town seasonally and are, in my opinion, quite tacky with what they choose to sell and then you see lots of folks end up in there because they assume because they don't have any of that sort of pre-context that that's a part of the local area when it's really not. And so it kind of raises the question of how do you try and get folks to really genuinely prioritize those local businesses? Great question. And uh, Jordan, I I would point out that this station has been instrumental in in having uh, Junoites look local first. And, And so just reminding the community that we have a vibrant economy Um, There are some stress points, as JEDC uh, points out, and we can go into a little bit of that detail. Um, And so they're just indicators that could we do better? How can we attract that 20 to 39-year-old, particularly that that small business-minded individual, uh, the support industry individual? All of those are needed to replace, if you will, an aging population, which also JEDC uh, points out. Uh, the old folks are getting older, and we need young folks to, to keep this economy going. And that's really uh, one of the takeaways I take from uh, the JDC report. And I think that's a very important takeaway, you know, and it re- sort of you reusing the sort of context of you need, you know, younger folks like in my sort of demographic. It largely depends upon, you know, with folks around my age, it's us looking for opportunities that were afforded very much to our parents that do not very, that really don't seem to be there anymore for folks within my age range, where, you know, we talk about, you know, like housing market kind of stuff. And a lot of folks in my age group just kind of hit a point where we're like, yeah, we're probably never going to have a house because there's not a job or an economic situation right now for that to be an option for us. And so that can be a discouraging factor. So you combine that with, we already know that Juno has a housing problem, and um, houses that are available are quite expensive for what in some other, well, in another area might not be nearly as expensive depending on where you're at. And so those are kind of some big factors that go into that as well. So when you want to try and attract that younger demographic, you need to start looking at a lot of factors versus just any one particular area. You bet. But there is one particular point that if you don't have a job, it's all very, very difficult. Oh, yeah. One of the things that caught my attention also from JEDC report is that um, cost of living 
and they didn't they didn't actually uh, identify it as a cost of living issue, but they looked at it from a wage uh, perspective. And one of the things that that I took away from that report is that wages um, sort of rose, and we can say, yay, wages rose. But because of inflation. Um, the real wage, take-home wage, that you got to use in your pocketbook to buy other things went down. So Anchorage, if you look at some of our, our industry sectors, uh, had more buying power uh, than we in Juno do. Even Fairbanks in some of those uh, sectors had more buying power. So you, Jordan, as a representative of the younger community, if you have less buying power, are you going to stay in our community? Um, maybe not. And maybe that's why we're losing our 20 to 39-year-old. And that's a concern. And, th and that's kind of our point. Yeah, and that we're looking for new solutions here. We, we really want to work cooperatively with the assembly and think, just like you're talking about, we do have a cultural, not so much cultural, but uh, certainly an age difference here and we've got challenges for our young people coming up and let's think outside the box or let's just put some more sides on the box perhaps and find solutions where the old isn't necessarily what we need to stick with let's start thinking about some new things so we're ready to engage we're ready to work cooperatively um, collaboratively if you will and and really get to the bottom of this stuff and and see if we can come up with some good solutions not everybody gets everybody thing or everything that they want nobody ever gets that but uh, let's try to help one another out and I think that's a, a, a good path, but you also have to remember, and this is a thing that I learned through my various researching of a, a whole host of topics, is people fear change. As soon as you present people with something they don't or aren't familiar with, they will do everything in their power to push back on you. And so you have to keep that in mind when you go into a negotiation is you're both probably going to be in a position where you're not going to like something that the other group proposes, but you can't let that get in the way of having a conversation to try and find that middle ground. That's the whole idea of compromise, you bet. And that's the way the world works. There's a lot of us. We all got to get along. Well, that's the idea anyway. It's whether or not we as a, the human race can do that, which at times I wonder if we are capable of that. Not to get onto a existential pessimism rant, but <laughs> it does sort of raise that question sometimes. So I do want to kind of hit a few more of those points before we wrap up the show because I don't have too much time left here. But, you know, when we're talking about, you know, more of those sort of population dynamics sort of questions. Nope. Actually, no. I've lost my train of thought on that one. <laughs> well, those population dynamics kind of working all over the world here where we've got a bubble of population in China uh, as an example there where uh, because of policies in the past, we don't have a lot of kids or they don't have a lot of kids. And so they're actually seeing uh, less two years now, isn't it? At least certainly was last year that officially even the Chinese admitted that they have a decline in population. So the biggest country in the world has a shrinking population, and that trend will continue. There's just no avoiding it. The demographics are such that there will be fewer people in China for the next few decades. And that's something the whole world has to look at is the aging of our populations and what that means to our economies. Definitely. And then sort of to still combine that and sort of circle to the point I was making earlier when you look at, you know, young people, when we're 
we like they don't feel like they have a lot of them don't feel like they have an option. So then they when they get older, like, well, I don't even want to have kids because then they're going to be in an even worse position than I already feel that I am. And so that plays a role into it, too. So I think some of it has to stem from how do we improve the current situation for our current generation of young folks to then have them even feel encouraged to even think about having a potential next generation. Because for a lot of them, as it currently stands, that doesn't feel like a viable option either. That's a great point. And I think in response, uh, one of the words we would use to to encourage um, you know, development, uh, economic development, community growth uh, is opportunity. Having opportunities or a choice of opportunities is vitally important for um, all age demographics. And I'm going to actually turn slightly and just talk about state jobs for a moment. Again, uh, uh, JEDC um, noticed, I believe it was for the 10th year in a row, state jobs have decreased here in Juneau. So the question Juneau really should be asking themselves is, have they been successful in growing state jobs? The numbers indicate that they haven't. If state jobs are going to continue to follow the majority of our state's population, which it seems to be doing based on JEDC report, are there other things that we can continue to, or we should support? And that's another reason for tourism. Uh, opportunity, again, giving uh, all of those choice, choices to our young entrepreneurs, our support industries, all of those things that we need in this community be, to be robust. And so when you're thinking about either uh, thumbs down, as the community of the whole sort of did, or thumbs sideways, how do we get that to thumbs up, nine zero thumbs up? That would be a great goal for, for all of this community. Gosh, on that, we do have to wrap up the show, but I'd like to thank you both for coming on. It's always interesting to catch up with you both, and I'll, I'll see you guys next time. You Thanks, bet. Jordan. Look forward to it. Thanks a lot. All right. You've been listening to Action Line on KINY. Action Line. Weekday mornings. Action Line. If it happens in Southeast, you'll hear it on Action Line. KINY.